This episode contains mentions of puppets and tattooing, as well as mentions of violence and post-traumatic stress disorder, feelings of isolation and trauma, as well as insensitive opinions about neurodiverse people. Hi, I'm Brad. I'll be playing Bayushi Minoru of the Bayushi Death Dealer School. My name is Charlie, and I'll be playing our illusionist, Soshi Yuzume. I'm Evan Strait, and I'll be playing Sakai no Doji Ikkyo, a member of the Doji Bureaucrat School. My name is Sam, and I'll be playing Asahina Hajime, a member of the Kakita Duelist School. I'm Ludo, and I'll be playing the Emerald Lands, as well as all its wonders and horrors. The newly invested Emerald Magistrate by Yushiminoru arrived at their new jurisdiction, the recovering town of Hirosaka. He was accompanied by the Crane Emissary and Imperial Bureaucrat Doji Eiku of House Sakai, the legal advisor Soshi Itsume, and the heterodox dualist and deputy Asahina Hajime. During their short stay, they have made an effort to meet the influential characters of their assigned territories. The bickering imperial trio that holds temporary stewardship over the town, distant emissaries from the dragon and phoenix that will see the Mott clan restored, bold crab captains seeking to lay their claims to the town, and while at it, to the whole river of gold. Sake enthusiasts and those enthusiastically chasing an elusive criminal mastermind. Conflict broke over the legal status of the opium production of Split Rock Village, complicating the already tense arguments about the future of Hiroseka. Still learning about the regional balance of power, our heroes have been visiting the neighboring villages. They started with Yasuki Varun, an experienced sea captain and lord of Maimi Kake, and the crab shore of the cherry blossom petal lake. Negotiations with the crab had a strong opening, with them impressing Yasuki Varum as well as the three matriarchs that are the real power in Maimikake. The crab have plenty of laborers and ships to lend to the rebuilding of Hiroseka and are eager to work with the current imperial administration. Before they left, they met with the local magistrate where they learned about the missing child. They took this as their first official case of the spring. After a break for training and an intense duel of swords and wit, the magistrates depart to the Uwe marshes to meet the heterodox vessel family of the Eramori. Things take a dark turn as the fairy child they were looking for guides them to a deadly trap before disappearing into the marshes. They also learn there is at least one more individual hiding in the marshlands. Upon arrival at the forest keep of Diramori, they meet the Stark Patriarch, someone utterly devoted to secret vows to the Daitoji and Crane. He has no interest in whatever might be happening in Inoseka and the neighboring regions. It becomes apparent that the Iramori will have a new liege soon enough and the future of Hirosaka depends on which side leads the faction. 
So after you are left on the guest quarters, you take a breather and you finally compose yourselves and meet with the Daidoji family when they are preparing for dinner. It is on the same great hall. You see row after row of tables filled with food, hearty feeling food. There is this warm scent emanating and you can see what must be around 40 to 50 samurai just spread around, joyfully chatting. On the end of the table, we have uh, Daidoji Edai, the head of the Iramori family, and standing to his sides are his two sons. So we have Daidoji Dayun on one side, Daidoji Dai and their cat on the other side. Then there is an empty seat, and then there is Lady Flute there. And she barely stands on her seat, always going around, seeing what people need. And they prepare four seats uh, next to Lei and Dayun as honored guests. If a bit relaxed, but still usual crane fare. Well, Hajime is nothing short of delighted, and he just chooses the seat that is vaguely in the middle and is just excited to eat. Minoru's going to be as formal as the crane traditionally require and tuck in. Aiko will seat himself at the left hand of Minoru. Yuzume goes wherever there's a spot. She's still feeling pretty quiet. Won't start eating until the people do. Yeah, uh, as soon as you sit, they serve you. They serve you with some uh, fish, uh, some what you recognize as river fish, including some eels. There seems to be some people down the end that are eating something gamey that has been uh, cooked in a pot, but uh, nobody's offering you. And all around you, there is the shittering shot of the Hiramori. And it's really hard for you to follow the conversations. So thick is their uh, accent and how strange some of the idioms that they seem to use are. But the people on your table, the leech and his children, they seem to try to be as accommodating as possible with small talk. And Iremori Dai turns to you, Yuzume, and leans closer. Tell me, Soshisama, had you had the opportunity to visit any of the local shrines and monasteries? I'm afraid I've not had the opportunity to see any of the shrines or monasteries as of yet, my lord. But I did get the uh, opportunity to roll some of the tea leaves from the Kauru farm. My visit so far has been utterly delightful. I can show you tomorrow a bit more about the bounty of the swamps. Tomorrow, perhaps. Lady Flute closes in, as I have to see if something requires her attention. Well, I was hoping that you could give me your opinion, as I have been in communication with some of the local abbots, trying to figure out 
among which one someone of my profile might fit better. And you see Lady Flute frowning at this a bit, but she does not say anything. I see. Well, I would be more than happy to accompany you on a visit or simply regale you with my stories uh, once my own visits are done, whichever would suit you best, my lord. And he nods, and this is when uh, uh, Lady Flute speaks. My liege, there is time for that, for you to check in person or to extend your exchanges. After all, if Lady Otaru saw fit to grant you your request, she would already have done so before. Clearly, she needs you for a few more years, and... Uh, on her wisdom, we, your vessels, are grateful. Oh, my lady, I would not be so concerned about a, a simple tour to a visitor. She's right, she's right. My lady still needs me, and I'm here. The Emerald Empire and its magistrates needs my family today and tomorrow. So we are here to serve. And in turn, my lord, we are here to serve you. And he seems quite pleased and goes back to the meal. You see that the two brothers, they were very quiet. Uh, Dion probably because of the conversation, Lei probably because he is very focused on his cat and feeding him some ill. Aiko will lean over and softly ask, That is a lovely animal. What is its name? Uh, Stinky. Stinky is an appropriate name. Aiko will give a small smile and say, How long have you had the cat? I had a pet just like it some years ago. Oh, two years ago, we found a litter at the time. Each of us got, got one of the cats. I don't know what uh, Dayun or Linha did to them. And Dayun seems to notice that they are talking about them. Uh, Saburo was allergic to him. Oh, we had to get rid of the cat. How unfortunate. I know the loss of a companion such as that is an unfortunate circumstance. Though it is good that you have the opportunity to raise one. Are there other pursuits that you entertain your time with? Your free time, that is. Oh, I'm a painter. You are a painter, so you work with the brushes. I am not skilled with the art of color myself, but prefer the written word. I would... Be deeply honored if you would allow me a look at some of your paints at some time. And Lady Flute again is overing over you. You probably have already seen off the pieces of uh, Master Lei. His work with porcelain and the woods of composition and color is so appraised that uh, he has provided several pieces for Cute and Doji, and Our Lady uh, has seen fit to gift many members of the Unicorn and Scorpion delegation with some of his work. And she smiles, and Lay smiles back, happy at the acknowledgement. Aiko will have his eyes light up and spread a little bit to show surprise or recognition and say, Ah! So you must be the artist that was involved in the piece that I gave to Miramoto Sanai. That is wonderful to meet you. I am afraid that I had not put the connection together myself. You must forgive me. That is understandable. I have been away from the 
bustling off the court for the last two years or so. I figured that my family needed me here while Lana was away. That is most noble of you, putting your family first. It is something I highly respect and must honor you for. You are a virtuous young man. Uh, where is your other sibling located at this time? You basically, you try to get him to get the point out. And Lady Flute is trying to change the topic of conversation. And before that happens, uh, Daidoji Lei mentions something else about Lana. Oh, Lana, she, she is probably the best one at the family business. And uh, she had a special assignment two years ago. And ever since then, she has been preparing to take the command of the family. Ever since she came back. And Dayun and Sab uh, Saburu get involved in the conversation. And you miss your chance to press him further on that. Perfect. Aiko will lean back in his seat slightly, pleased with a little bit of information he got, plus the read off of Lady Flute, and continue enjoying the meal. So anyone wants to try anything gone while uh, the dinner is happening? Yeah, like maybe like the founding of the Daidoji. Um, just do that in like uh, smoke illusions. So you think about it and uh, you remember the battle of the tidal land bridge and how the Daidoji earned the respect of the crab fighting together against Anoni. And you think that should probably be safe enough? Actually, it's probably even a great idea if you want to get them to cooperate with the Iruma sometime later. So I you think that is probably a good subject. Uh, I'm just going to lean over to Aiko and say I want to do a like illusion display about the Battle of the Tidal Land Bridge. Uh, would you narrate? Aiko gives a little nod and says, I remember the tale just as fondly as when it was told to me the first time. I would be honored. So, describe me that piece, especially that Oni. Okay. So, after Yuzume announces that she has, she'd like to give this performance of uh, the Battle of the Tidal Land Bridge, she kind of stands up, uh, closes her eyes, and uh, social illusionists don't actually do very much to show that they are communing. Uh, they do it very silently. You're not really meant to even know they're doing anything. So she's just standing there and uh, the candles around kind of flicker a little bit. Smoke starts pouring up from them and turning into people. There's uh, a large crane that's very much like in the in the style of the Daidojimon. Uh, and then there's, there's other people who kind of they're obviously crab, like there's big Tetsubo. Um, and they're all sort of rushing forward towards this Oni that made of smoke that she creates right in front of her face. And yeah, its horn uh, absolutely mirrors the one that's on her mask. They, you know, they rush towards it. They, they fight together to bring it down. And <laughs> the, the Oni is actually fairly terrifying. You know, it, it, does look for a moment like it might win but then you know all of a sudden there's a, a massive charge from all of the the smoke people and 
absolutely they just absolutely engulf it the smoke vanishes in a puff to just then reveal the Daidojimon in front of her face so Eiko uh, are you just making just a straightforward narration I think it starts that way he just plans to recount and tell the story that many in the crane are familiar with with like the it with with the vibe of like it's your grandma telling the favorite family story around Thanksgiving's dinner table. But uh, then the Oni starts to like change. The details change a little bit. And the facts that he's saying aren't matching up with the illusion that Yuzume is casting. And it quickly becomes like he has to adapt on the spot and make it a much more dramatic telling, trying to tie in as many historical facts and details as he can, but modifying it to keep up with her performance. Hajime and Minoru are whispering behind their fans to each other at appropriate points. And Hajime definitely does not immediately pick up on what on what Minoru is trying to do. But after Minoru kind of like does it for a second, maybe like elbows him. He's like, oh, yeah, OK. You go narrating this and you can see when the things start very accurate that you are actually causing a lot of steering among the Iramori and uh, like... Two-thirds of them are looking irate at Minoru and uh, Yuzume. But as soon as the Oni appears and uh, Minoru and Ajime start overreacting and you start improvising on the spot, uh, the overload of information and uh, the dark shadow in the middle of them distracts them enough to forget their uh, suspicions. And it is a quite explained performance, and um, they will not shut up about it. For sure, everyone is going to be mentioned these to the next letters that they send. Aiko will flash Yuzume a, a genuinely pleased smile across the open performing area. She'll just bow her head with like a little smile uh, coming out the one side of her face that's visible. And everyone seems quite pleased. And the servants remove the tables as the hall is more prepared for relaxation. And you see Lei leaving, and uh, the guy seems to be a bit tired, so Lady Flute wheels him out for the night. So you are left in the middle of the hall. Uh, with Ayun close to you, uh, well, close-ish, because there are dozens of uh, uh, Iramori samurai that uh, are kind of around you, waiting to compliment you on your performance. When Aiko gets the chance, he'll take all the appropriate compliments and, and pass them on and praise the crane as he goes. But when Aiko has a chance, if he can get to Dayun before he leaves, he'll try to get a chance for Dayun and Hajime to talk duelist stuff, because he knows Hajime loves that, and it gives them a connection with one of the heirs. Yeah, Dayun does not seem to be leaving anytime soon. He seems to be hanging around this. So he and Hajime start chatting up like famous duelists, famous duels that have been happening, good places to have duels, and so on. That's 
as the people that are greeting you clear, you see someone brought up a stage and you can see a few of the artisans and courtiers of the Iramori around it assembling very intricate puppets as they dim the candles and lamps of the main hall, flooding it in twilight. And you see an impressive performance of puppetry as everyone stops and sits to watch as these puppets, they seem extremely articulated and they seem to move almost with a life on their own. There's no way with, you can do that with four strings. They are really marvels of puppetry and whoever is controlling them is very well skilled. Toshieko, you are just as enthralled as the others are and you can see a bit of puzzlement on their expressions. You cannot admit, but uh, you also are a bit confused. The way that the puppets move, the shadows that they cast as they disappear and appear again, and the whole scenery and background that keeps changing. It seems like you are watching some massive war fought in the shadows and you can have no idea what is exactly going on, which side is supposed to be which side. The puppets, they all seem uh, strangely non-alignant. That's when you figure out, as the, as the background switches to a forest, and you can see puppets disappearing in and out, that you realize this is a puppet show about the Foxfire War, the terrible, dodgy civil war that lasted three generations, and which eventually would lead to the foundation of two of its vessel family. And you realize that this performance is targeted at someone with a message. You are just a accidental target. The choice of this performance is for someone here in this room, but not for any of you. And you think about the reaction to the depiction of the battle of the tidal land bridge and you realize that it's not that they broke this covenant so much as they had an agreement with the crab and for some circumstance there ended up being bad blood between both families and whatever collaboration they were doing the Iramora withdrew and Minoru you, at some point, you stop at paying attention to the, to the play and you can see that even if you did not recognize it, Dion did. And he seems to grow pale as the play continues to play out. And you can almost see the similarities between one of the puppets and him, especially when its shadow is on profile. And you realize that he's being told to do something that he does not want to do. And you realize that what he really wants is to not to have to make a choice, to just follow order, to just be the middle child. And there is a violent thud, and there is some rising drums playing behind the puberty displaying. And you can see everything disappears, face, Two puppets 
staring down at each other. One of them yelling a yari, another a katana. And there is a pause on the music and the sound of a drawing blade. And the puppet show ends. And Aiko, you know very well this is not how the the war ended. You know that uh, it was indeed a duel that ended it, but it was a duel between trap masters and spear fighters, not between a conventional swordsmen. And as soon as this is over, Dion storms out of the place and you can see one third of the Hiramori staring down at him while another one third raises and stands looking down and their fellow family members as if ready to challenge them if any of them gave pursuit. Saburo seems to be on the corridor and immediately intercepts Dayun, embraces him and he seems to calm down on the arm on the arms of his partner. But there is a big tension between the vessels. And Lai comes out and seems to be talking with the performers casually. And the only reason why you are pretty sure that some of them are not flying through the room is that you start hearing to the distant suiting sounds of a flute and Tadoji Ishii returns to the meeting hall. I must say, I've never quite seen a performance like that before. I'd have to agree. The articulation of those puppets was absolutely exquisite. I particularly liked how capably they wielded weaponry. I didn't expect that puppets could do anything even remotely to that quality. Aiko is lightly fanning himself, very withdrawn and processing at the moment, and he turns to take a quick glance over the rest of the party to see if any of them picked up anything. Aiko-san, come with me quickly. Aiko gives a brief nod, but no verbal response and follows. As soon as we're behind a shoji screen, Aiko-san, that was a beautiful puppet show, was it not? You saw something as I saw something, but I do not think we saw the same thing. Art is truly one of the greatest message deliverers of the Empire. You see, different people are affected by art differently. That's what makes it so wonderful. One of those puppets was quite a good resemblance, but I can't quite place it. Aiko is lightly fanning himself a nervous tick when he's thinking and says that would explain the intent behind the performance. It was clearly meant to give a message to someone, not one of us. And you know, what I liked the most about this performance is the fact that all of the characters were so decisive. I mean, I truly am not a fan of plays and puppet shows where characters struggle with choices. Wouldn't you agree, Aiko-san? The burden of choice laying before some. Did you see the choices that could be made, Minoru-san? No, but during dinner, did you have the dumplings on the left or the right? Because I much preferred the dumplings in the middle. Aiko affords himself a small smile at Minoru's 
attempt at subtlety and replies, I do think that it was the second course provided that caught my eye the most. The eel was created in such a way that I couldn't resist. But yes, I truly did love that puppet show, Aiko. Let us rejoin everyone else. I just thought I wanted to discuss that in dinner. Made sure it was up to your standards. My lord, I appreciate you for pulling me aside. There is a matter of great importance I wish to speak to you about. And Iko will speak slightly louder than he has been before about a financial statement from Hirosaka that was from a day or two old. The numbers that he's reporting sound important enough and justify a trip into a shoji screen rather than talking about supper. As you returned from the surgery screen to the rest of the hall, you notice that uh, the flood song stopped, that there is music going on, but you can see that it's more people that pulled out their instruments. And you see Lady Flute basically dragging Daidoji Lei to behind a shoji screen. And you can clearly hear the conversation. And you can hear, Leisama, why did you do that to your own brother? You, cannot you, for a moment, consider how hard it is for Master Dayun? Well, at least I see my brother and I know what he needs to hear. Unlike you, which had problem even seeing your sister. And you can almost hear the contained gasp. And there seems to be a pause. And Master Lei, you did it again. It happened again. And you can see the shadow of Lei shuffling around. I'm sorry. It seems my emotions and frustrations got the best of me and overtook my own actions. It's I hope that you forgive me. This is why I am here, Master Lei. Now, please, your guests are waiting. And Lei leaves, and Ishii leaves on the other side, and she stares at, at the direction of the ambassador of the Uzagi, staring towards Uzagi now before leaving the room. Is Lei re-entering the, the dance hall area? Yeah, but not staying for long. Just seems to be chatting with a few more artisans, helping package... The puppet's back, preparing to also leave. Then Aiko will lean over to Minoru and say, I believe it is important I go speak with Daidojin Lai-san. I believe he holds a deserving compliment for his hosting of us this evening. And I'd like to use Cadence to let Minoru know that he's involved somehow, but Aiko isn't quite sure how. Okay, I think this is simple enough to transmit. Okay. Once the message is transmitted to Minoru, Aiko will go over and bow to the young Daidoji and say, Master Lysan, I believe I must congratulate you for if you were involved in any part of the construction of this performance, it is finer than some shows I have seen even in the gardens of Doji. We have very talented people in both woodwork and in using the fruits of the swamps for its full effect. And there are many precious flowers that only flourish here on the marsh and are able to 
their tribulations to fully harness their craft. All I did was a bit of directing. Aiko will smile and look him in the eye and say, I believe that standing before me is a talented young artisan. It reminds me something of myself years ago in Shizuka Toshi. If I can ever be of assistance to you in your art. I'm grateful for your offer, but it's not my art that worries me. Aiko will provide a polite bow and say, Well, whatever worries do ail you, I do hope they are solved in the most serene manner possible. I hope that will be the case for the good of my family and the Empire. Aiko provides a polite goodbye, goodnight, and then leaves. I think Hajime tries to do his goodbye, goodnight pretty much immediately after Aiko and tries to basically catch him on the way out. Um, and as he does or does so, he says, Aiko-san, I am willing to bet that there are quite a few things that went on in that room that I did not notice. I would love to hear your recounting of what you saw. Aiko provides a cheerful smile to Hijime and his eyes twinkle a little bit too happily as he says, Hijime-san, I don't think you underestimate yourself. I would be humbled to provide you with any information I have, but do not discount your own eye too much in the attempt to make sure all the listening ears aren't overly suspicious of them being suspicious. And he says, I have a uh, lovely little pouch of tea back in my room, if you would like to uh, share it with me. Perhaps we can talk over uh, some tea and a game of Go. You always prepare tea with such a lovely beauty to it, Hajime-san. I would enjoy the company this evening. Well then, shall we? Minoru is going to also give a goodbye, good night, and wait for Yuzume. So yeah, Yuzume will uh, finish up a just polite conversation with uh, one of the puppeteers, and uh, you know, make her excuses and head on out as well. Bayushi-sama. Yuzume-san, how did you enjoy the puppet show? I thought it was, uh, well, brilliantly crafted. I, the story was wonderful, though I admit I didn't follow it quite as much as I would have hoped to, but it's very entertaining. It was very unique. You know, I do truly love Hajime's tea blends. And I think when it comes to Go, he could always use another fierce lesson. Perhaps we shall visit with him when we get in. Well, if... Uh... If you're certain. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Friend, paint me the scene as we come back to the guest house and we see Ajime and Aiko and the others to join. As promised, Ajime and Aiko are playing go they are drinking tea hajime might have talked up the tea a little bit more than was entirely necessary it's it's good it's just not like anything perfectly like special or whatever aiko is politely politely pretending it's very good aiko for his part while they're discussing is playing is somewhat focusing on the go game 
Um, but is summing up for Hajime the basic beats that there seems to be strife between the heirs, that the puppet performance was specifically to send a message to Dayun, that quite likely um, Lei was behind it, that Lady Flute is trying to keep them running in some sort of reasonable way, but uh, seems to be performing damage control or manipulating them. And he he sums up the the basic structure of the power of the power blocks that he and Minoru picked up on. Hajime has picked this up probably from playing against Minoru. He essentially creates what looks like an opening, but it's actually a much bigger sort of trap that pens Iko in. Yeah, Iko is definitely outmaneuvered, probably partially because he wasn't paying too much attention to Go and was trying to recount information, but also because he just got he got outplayed. He played himself. He was trying to set up a trap for Hajime, and then, you know, one or two moves that he didn't quite calculate out ended up pulling himself into Hajime's trap, and he lost. Right after the game ends, Aiko-san, Hajime-san, we're coming in. Hajime, before Minoru can actually come in, says, I'm sorry, no one's home. No wasabi peas for anyone in here, then. What a shame. Oh, actually, two people are home. They just got here. Come in, please. Minoru will open the door. Him and Yuzume each carry a bowl of wasabi peas. Oh, Minoru-sama, Yuzume-san. What a, what a pleasant surprise. I didn't expect to see you. Minoru immediately looks at the at the go board. Aiko-san, an interesting tactic. I am afraid I have been humbled by my own ambitions. Iko says, like, overdramatically as he presses, like, the back of his hand to his forehead and leans back. Hajime-san has become very good at Go. You learn much by failing. Perhaps that's why he picked up some of his skills from you, Minoru-san. Hajime pulls out a fan and starts fanning himself and just looking just sort of idly out the window as if he's not paying attention. Yeah, Yuzume just kind of holds one of the bowls of peas up to him just while uh, Aiko and Minoru are kind of going at it. He does not say anything, but he just sort of, like, one hand has the fan looking away, the other one, like, while not looking, just picks up a few and just sort of starts munching on them. Remember when I said, Honorable Sons, that things would keep getting interesting for us? No. Yes. I can't remember a single time you've said that in the last two weeks, Minoru-san. Could you be more specific about uh, what the instance was around that? Well, I believe the most notable was every time I've said it. You should be taking notes, Aiko-san. But that little puppet show was interesting and entirely designed to elicit a reaction from Dayun-san. He is very hard-pressed. He has to make a choice. And I'm curious as to what that choice is. Aiko's eyes are still on the board as he's replaying the game in his mind, trying to figure out all of the mistakes he made, and he adds to the conversation. The youngest, Saidoji Lei, also is involved to some extent. I believe it was him who arranged for the play, or at least the part that offended his brother. I don't know what his intent was. But there seems to be some sort of internal power struggle between the heirs. 
I, I I can't claim to be the most observant in any room, but the tension in that room could have been cut with, well, the bluntest of knives. I don't know. I wish there was an easy way we could resolve this sort of thing. Could help us and help Hirosaka. Aiko will slowly stand for his feet and say, I believe I have an idea. I'm not sure I like it, but excuse me, I will return shortly. Hajime raises an eyebrow as Aiko steps out of the room and then looks over at uh, Minoru and says, Bayushi-sama, honor me with the game. If you insist, Hajime-san, if you insist. Um, after we finish discussing business, Yazume-san, would you like to invite um, your friend you spoke to to join us? Sorry, do you mean Usagi-san, Bayushi-sama? Yes, that's, that is who she is, Usagi-san. Certainly, if, uh, if you wish to meet her. I mean, who doesn't enjoy Wasabi Peas and a good game of Go? Sit alongside Hajime. He may need some assistance. I doubt he'll need that much, my dear. Hajime just says nothing and just sort of sets his face in an overly serious making fun. And he says, oh, it is you who will need assistance, my lord. Minoru sets an as serious face back and, well then, let us test our skills. Yuzume sort of leaned up and just whispered in Hajime's ear as she saw him about to put something down. And then he maybe like moved. It's like a head game. She's just messing with Minoru. Oh, yeah. She definitely just said, like, um, so how's the weather? And he says, swampy as always. <laughs> like, instead of, it's not like that he doesn't place a stone where he w- was about to. He just, like, goes to another part of where he was working and just kind of, like, does that instead. And apparently handily defeats his boss. You have grown very good at Go Hajime-san. Well, as you said, uh, Bayushi-sama, failure is a fantastic teacher. I hope I've learned much. Aiko slides the door open and returns to the room and takes a moment to look at the game board and then says, Minoru-san, you must be quite the educated man after tonight. Truly I am, Aiko-san. Truly. Kajime literally just grabs a handful of wasabi peas after Aiko says that and, like, stuffs them in his mouth so he doesn't immediately just start laughing. Yuzume definitely immediately just starts laughing. Aiko walks over in between the two sides of the go board and kneels down and places a small bag holding a heavy object inside on the table and says softly, I believe this could be answer to the problems we are facing. Minoru's going to pick it up, look at Aiko a little quizzically, just Aiko-san, if you have something to predict the future in here, you've been keeping it hidden this whole time. I reserve the right to be very cross with you. Aiko smiles politely back at Minoru and says, I believe the item inside this bag has a bit of a different connotation than you are imagining. Inside the the bag is the personal chop of Doji Aiko. The symbolism carries both Aiko's personal mon, but also there is a a small bit in the in one of the corners containing the the personal symbolism of Doji Hataru, which clearly states that Aiko's symbol of status, his chop, has the 
authority on it attached to being the personal representative of Hataru as his place within the crane court. Aiko-san, as Minoru closes the bag and hands it to Hajime, if you would have told us about these wondrous events, we could have had some sort of a celebration. I thank you, Minoru-san, but your words are kind. This acknowledgement came several years ago, just before I was promoted to serve under Kitsu Shogo-sama. Well, perhaps you have found a solution. Yeah, Hajime's, like, his eyes are a little wide. He looks genuinely pretty impressed. Aiko was that level of significant to the crane at large. So then, Doji-san, who do you propose we speak to? Daidoji Dai-sama is approaching his retirement, just as Yuzume-san was invited to tour the local monasteries and temples to provide him a professional advice as to which he should retire to. Upon his retirement, there are three heirs, all of whom could be promoted in his place within reason. There seems to be one particular, Daidoji Lana, who is seen as the most promising. However, I do not believe it is out of reason that we could maneuver any heir that would be more understanding of the efforts we are taking in Hirosaka. I do not offer this lightly. My position is one that I have earned and should not be invoked frivolously. But I understand we are at a difficult impasse here in these negotiations. You do not hide well that you have not enjoyed your time here. I would see this be a productive visit before we return to our domain. Aiko-san, you're not incorrect in saying that our time in the marshes and here have not been particularly joyous for me. But very few tasks worth doing are. The problem, as I see it, is we know where two of the heirs are. They're rather easy to find and we come to the third one. Lana. Perhaps these Daidoji are hunters. They are trappers. Perhaps we should set a trap for them. Maybe we have a um, quiet couple of words each with some people with the right ears and make sure it spreads that you have this sort of clout and let them come to us. I am sure I could find myself occupied with paperwork to keep me in one location for an entire day, Minoru-san. Your idea has merit. If I may, uh, Doji-san, Bayushi-san, I noticed that Daidoji Dayun seemed a bit distressed tonight. Do you think that if I were to seek him out tomorrow, perhaps ask him to relax a bit, take his mind off things with some sparring, that that might be a productive conversation? You hold a unique talent that none of the rest of us can attain, Hejime-san. You are a practiced and successful member of the Kakita Dojo School. I believe that he would be delighted to spend some time with you. Then I will see if I cannot make that arrangement. Tell me again, Doji-san, how long is it that you've held this position? I was promoted to be a face for Lady Hataru 
about a year before Kitsushogo Sama took me on as his Yoriki. I see. That's quite a long time. I will uh, try to reference your many years of service when I speak to Daidoji Dai tomorrow. And she just looks kind of disappointed. I suppose I will speak to Daidoji Lei. He is a boy captivated with what happens at court. And everyone knows that if you want to hear what they say is happening at court, speak to a crane. But if they want to know what's happening at court, speak to a scorpion. Minoru-san, I have never heard that statement uttered anywhere. However, I do think your idea is a well-laid-out one. Aiko-san, I'm sure there are many ideas you have never heard. That is said with Minoru giving the most obvious, like, smiling with the rest of his face. Now that we have a plan going forward, Yuzume-san, perhaps we shall see if your friend would enjoy spending the rest of the evening whiling away the hours playing Go and eating wasabi peas. I'll see if I can find a way to make that sound tempting to her, smiling as she says it. Brad can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Charlie can be found on Discord as Reesalian and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Evan can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite or Discord as Pushimushi1871. And I'm a part of another actual play for L5R called Secondhand Strife. You can check us out anywhere podcasts are distributed. Sam can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram as at SJSidLogic. Lulu can be found at Deletiel on Twitter, and their design work can be found at Populesque Ludum Syndicate on DriveThruRPG and Itchu. This is a Courts Game podcast. You can find more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site. CourtGamesPod.com. Legends of the Five Ring is the intellectual property currently owned by Fantasy Flight Games. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com.